Well, hello, welcome to another episode of A Sip of Crime. I am one of your gracious hosts. I have two other gracious hosts with me. I'm Noah. Nah, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, I'm Mac. I got my main man Noah with me. What's going on, everybody? And I got, you know, always the glamorous Amanda. What's up, you guys? Uh, We're out here, man. Today's story, um, short disclaimer. It's gonna hurt your soul. It's gonna smack you upside the lip. It's, it's heavy. Yeah. It, it, let's just say, man, this show's called a sip of crime. But if, at this point, if you're listening to this, you're gonna need a, a, a wine glass in your hand because you're gonna probably like start crying. You're gonna need some tissues. Mm-hmm. It's deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. It's deep. deep, especially if you have kids. Mm-hmm. This one's deep. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I shed a few tears. We don't even have kids, and that shit was like we yeah. work with kids. And yeah. We. we mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mandated Listen. reporters. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about all that. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> But um, so today's story, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it um, on Netflix. There's a trial of Gabriel Fernandez, right? Yeah. The trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Came out in 2020. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're going to be talking about, man. And hold on to your whatever you need to hold on to. because This <laughs> one is going to be a long ride. Yeah. yeah. It's a wild ride. So let's go ahead and start it off with Gabriel's background. He was born in February on, on February 20th in 2005 in the city of Palmdale, California. That's still considered LA County. It's mm-hmm. a little further out there up yeah. the, um, I think that's like the 14, mm-hmm. right? 14 freeway. And he was born to parents Arnold Contreras and Pearl Fernandez. Um, the crazy thing though, like right from the get-go, his life, very challenging from the beginning because uh, his mom, Pearl Fernandez, didn't want him as a child. So she abandoned him yeah. three days after he was born. So the extended family, uh, and more specifically the great uncle, I have his name, Michael Limos Carranza. Mm-hmm. He was the one who wanted to take um, uh, Gabriel in, mm-hmm. and he watched him for the first four years of his life. But Michael did have a partner with David, and he was, they were a gay couple, same-sex couple, and the grandfather didn't approve of it. So the grandfather at four years old, when Gabriel was four years old, he decided to pull him out of that house and he lived with his grandparents mm-hmm. up until 2012. Yeah. So already, you know, no mom or father in the picture. He had his, you know, great uncle and his, his partner watching him. But um, there already just kind of some conflict right there from the beginning, you know? Right. Yeah, and I also want to make note that when um, Gabriel was living with Michael and David, he was completely healthy. He was a loving kid. He was happy. No signs of abuse at all. And also when he left... Um, Michael and David's house and lived with the grandparents there was also no you know reports of him being abused or anything like that as well so we have to keep that in mind yeah because he was in both environments were loving environments mm-hmm. right? yes like uh, go think about it like your mo- a mother who didn't want you you have somebody who comes and accepts you at in open arms and takes you for who you are as a person as a child and lets you be a child mm-hmm. right but for the grandfather i mean i get it at that time it was different there was nobody really talking about the gender identification and stuff like that yeah so for him to be like yeah two two gay men should not be raising a child mm-hmm. that's his opinion because he grew up in a machismo like right. lifestyle mm-hmm. you know like to him that made sense but now you take that child away and you bring him to your home, but then you let him go again. Yeah. You know, that's the part that, that got me. Mm-hmm. Like, but. Yeah, so that's the crazy thing is that in 2012, in the summer of 2012, Pearl Fernandez, the mom, was actually w- was able to win custody back of Gabriel, back from the grandparents. Mm-hmm. And this was against a lot of people's, in the families at least, reports say that the uh, 
Yeah, the family wasn't okay with that. They mm-hmm. wanted to keep them with their grandparents or just somebody else because they knew she was an unfit parent mm-hmm. and that she was abusive or neglectful to her other kids that she had. This was, Gabriel was her fourth kid. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, compared to what they saw with the other three, she knew that she was unfit to be a parent. But somehow, they, she still was able to win over custody in 2012. That's kind of when shit changed for Gabriel. Yeah, and it's sad too that people also knew that she didn't really want him for the right reasons. Like, a lot of people claim she just wanted her kids back in general because she wanted to collect some welfare checks, yeah, which right. is really sad. Mm-hmm. That is sad. Like, to to have your child just be a paycheck for you. I mean, there's a lot of people in the system, mm-hmm. in the system we're going to be talking about, that do that. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll literally take in foster kids just to get a it's paycheck. It's just sad that, that his mom saw he was clearly happy and fine with his grandparents and with Michael, mm-hmm. and they still wanted to take him away just for selfish reasons, which mm-hmm. is crazy to me. I mean, her bills were piling up, according to her, you know? Yeah, but even then, it's like, you can't even... Okay, let's say you do take your kid back for welfare purposes. Like, you got to just treat him more than just a number, mm-hmm. you know? He's still a human life. You're still in charge of that human life. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I, I wish, you know, I think looking back, and I'm sure, too, the family wishes they could have done a little bit more yeah. to maybe prevent her from, you know, rega- regaining her child. And I know that's tough, too, to separate a mother from child but if the signs aren't there you got to trust your gut feeling and know that something's fishy about it exactly right and that's one of the tough ones like oh, they talked about it a little bit they said that a lot of times when you take a child from their actual family their immediate family the trauma that goes alongside that especially if the child is old enough to know what their parents look like yeah yeah that hurts mm-hmm. that, that goes a long way a lot of times like they become criminals because they feel like their parents really didn't want them so like why do i care yeah. exactly you know so that we're, we're gonna discuss that part later but right now let's just leave it at that for now you know like, yeah it, it's it's a tough situation for sure yeah so to carry on from that story in the summer of 2012, he moves in with Pearl and her boyfriend. I have his name right here somewhere. I think it's Isaro Aguirre. Isaro Aguirre. A.K.A. Tony. Yeah. Isaro yeah. Aguirre. And both of them lived in an apartment. They had, like I said, two other kids living with them at the time. And apparently, right from the get-go, as soon as Gabriel was brought into this house, the other siblings, their accounts said that they were just being physically abusive to him. Yeah. They were shooting him with BB guns. They were, you know, lighting cigarettes on him. Not lighting, and also, putting out cigarettes on yeah, him. Yeah, and I also want to paint a picture for you guys of what Osario looked like physically. He was about 6'2", and he was weighing 270 pounds. So that's a really big guy to be, you know, manhandling children. Um, another thing about his past is people claim that he didn't have a troubled past at all. He was very calm, collected, very hardworking. So when things were coming out when, that we'll get into later about him, people were actually shocked because that's definitely not what he portrayed. But that shows that people can literally live double lives and you have yeah. no idea. Right. Because like, it's like imagining the big show walking up to one of us and just grabbing us and doing the things that he did to, to, a, yeah. a, to, to a child, child. Yeah. yeah you know because the big show is like well, he's more the, what one of the world's tallest persons in the world right imagine like just having that force that brute force yeah mm-hmm. it's just natural brute force and to, to an eight-year-old child that <laughs> that that sinks in deep yeah mm-hmm. it sinks in deep mm-hmm. and then to like paint a little picture of the mom too she like noah said had a rough life she was supposedly raped at a young age, mm-hmm. was really gang affiliated. She also had anger problems. Um, it also reported she had a low IQ. Mm-hmm. She um, never made it past high school. She yeah. dropped out. And she had a disability with comprehension as well. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't even think she should have even had kids or even been granted custody of kids knowing all of that, mm-hmm. you know, background on her. But I'm not a lawyer, so. But I, I think, too, a lot of systems, like, they allow certain parents to do have kids because a lot of them, like, it, uh, it molds them, right? Yeah. It makes the parent want to do better right? for some, not everybody, some. right? Some parents, they'll, they'll go out of their way. They're like, oh, since I didn't have this, I want my kid to do better. So I'm going to go and go to school and get whatever it is that I need to do mm-hmm. or work on my own self to make sure my kid gets full and undivided attention that they need, yeah. right? And Pearl's case, she thought she was a pro, literally. <laughs> Legit, her name was what it was. She mm-hmm. thought she was a pearl. She never was wrong. Everything she did, nobody. She never took blame. It was always somebody else's fault. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's that's the thing too. Is like there's one account that she was abused by a lot of her like previous boyfriends and stuff like that too. But there was also a lot of other accounts saying that she was very manipulative and like yeah. she would abuse her ex boyfriends and then they would like in turn you know retaliate and abuse her and then she would try and play the victim. Mm-hmm. But she was very manipulative in her ways. And there's some theories we'll get into it later. But that kind of she was the one who put what's his name Asaro like onto you know really being the one who like abused Gabriel the way he did yeah I think she got into his head and made him do things that he probably normally wouldn't do mm-hmm. um, especially just based off reports of how people saw him in public I feel like she was definitely manipulative and made him make the wrong decisions I'm gonna foreshadow a little bit um, I'm gonna say this part and then we're gonna <clears throat> backtrack right there was a part, and if you watch the docuseries, they'll literally paint a perfect picture for you because they wired their cell, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you could hear the conversation that they're having. And he goes, what did you tell them? Mm-hmm. That's what she was telling is, um, Tony. Yeah. I'm going to call him Tony for the rest of the day, for the All rest right. of the show because <laughs> I feel like it's easier. Um, she was like, Tony, what did you tell him, babe? What did you tell him? Do you remember that one time she turned it sexual? Mm-hmm. Remember that one time we were laying in bed and I was playing with myself and you started recording it? Oh. You remember? Like, she just started making She's like, what did you tell him? Did you tell him our story? Like, she's trying to make it seem like, yeah. get their story in order, mm-hmm. not knowing their cell was wired. Yeah. Right? So yeah. she's like, hey, no, just tell them this. Don't tell them you were, I wasn't even in the room with you when you did what you did. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I was outside. I was changing. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the, their kids different accounts they have right. completely, oh, different, completely accounts. different stories mm-hmm. but that, that that was me foreshadowing a little bit man it was like her manipulative like ways were just like so fruitful like she she had that about her from, from the get go from what I understood from when she was 13 years old yeah. after she ran away from home mm-hmm. like she's always been manipulative to get her way right. if it's not her way she don't want it yeah, yeah. that's crazy so Gabriel lives in this household for 8 months like I said summer 2012 and then finally in May 2000 or in yeah May 2013 May 22nd to be specific um, there's a 911 call called from Pearl herself and basically she called because Gabriel wasn't he stopped breathing and you know on the dispatcher I believe they show it too in the docu series that mm-hmm. she said originally that like he he'd stopped breathing because they were wrestling with siblings yeah Gabriel was wrestling with siblings which obviously wasn't you know it didn't turn out to be true but that's you know the fire department and everybody they rush over there they get gabriel to the hospital but um it's basically once he gets to the hospital he's pronounced brain dead Mm -hmm. and for a while they're trying to resuscitate him and doing all these different kind of things but as they're doing all this they're understanding and learning about all these different bruises that he has on his body and stuff like around his ankles where he's like been tied up there's stuff over his face there's like I said, cigarette burns everywhere. Like they were putting out cigarettes on him. Yeah, um, it's really know. sad. Like mm-hmm. one of the nurses reported as she was having to write down <clears throat> all his injuries, she actually had 
ran out of space on the initial paper and had to write on multiple papers all of his like injuries and things like that and i have a short like brief mm -hmm. list of what he had Go he had it. um burns throughout his body he had bb gun bullets in his lungs and in his back mm -hmm. cigarette burns all over his body um, broken bones old and new bruises um he had no food which is what i found the most honestly saddest thing from what was on him in my opinion is he had no food in his body only thing that was found was kitty litter which is really sad mm -hmm. um he had black eyes he had no white in his eyes all his teeth were shattered and he had a shattered skull described um to be the texture and the consistency of rice krispies which is really disturbing to think about mm -hmm. but that's just a few of his you know um his injuries that were reported which is really sad again to think that this is a little child that had all those things on his body mm -hmm. caused by the person that's supposed to like love him the most right you know it's really sad mm -hmm. i'm sitting over here i'm really like as you're reading all of that i'm maintaining composure right because like it, it, it picture this you, you you guys like right all of us who wake up we have food in our system. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we 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 we're good. We're solid, right? Mm -hmm. That kid, they're making them clean the cat litter, mm -hmm. and if he doesn't clean it right, they make him eat that shit. And then to abuse him to such an extent, like like when you said that they said he was wrestling, there was another thing they said also that uh, he slipped in the tub. Yeah, yeah. in the shower. That's how the blood was there. Mm -hmm. Like. Like, come on, like, so pe people are stupid. Yes, I get it, but people aren't that stupid. Right. You know, they're, they're, they, if they're made to notice something, they'll notice it. But that, take the brain, the skull <laughs> to yeah. sound like Rice Krispies, like that crunchy. Yeah. You know? And he also had rib fractures, old and new. Mm -hmm. And from, like, the videos and things I've seen, apparently when you fracture or hurt your ribs, it's hard to breathe because your nerve endings are located there. So just imagine every breath you take after you're injured in that way is painful. And there's nothing you can do about it because you're a kid and you don't know really what's going on. The person that's supposed to make the pain go away is actually causing it, so you can't yeah. go to them. It's just I can't even imagine having to go through even an hour of feeling like the easiest thing you should be doing which is breathing is the most painful thing you're doing yeah you know that's so sad yeah nothing seemed normal for this kid while he was living with Isidro not Isidro Tony Tony I'm gonna just say Tony too yeah, I keep messing up Tony and Pearl and it, it it's so sad too because and we can get into this a little bit later too, but there was accounts of either the teacher or just other people that were like we talk about it. Right. They were just they were they were reporting, you know, that Gabriel would show up to school with bruises or that he would show up to school, you know, malnourished, right. or that this, that and the other. Or asking weird questions right. like, Is it normal to be hit by a bell? And clearly a teacher is gonna say, you know, every parent has their own you know mm -hmm. style of discipline, you know. So some people get spanked. Like when I was a child I got spanked, you yeah. know. Some people get timeouts, some people get grounding, but so that was a normal question. But what followed that question that she felt, felt disturbing was he asked if blood, if he should be bleeding after the fact. Yeah. And that's a definite no. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's when she really started to like watch him. Mm -hmm. And she reported him a lot of times. I, even a security guard reported him. Yeah. And 
it, they, they reported him to multiple uh, people, not just one person. I believe it was like four different caseworkers that mm-hmm. had access to his files and yeah. knowledge of what was going on, and none of them did anything. Nope. All they did was send out someone to come look, and I'm using air quotes, go check out Gabriel's living conditions. But even when they would go, they would never even speak to the kid himself right. and see his conditions. They would just speak with the mom and take her for her word and of not course. even like, and you know she's going to lie about it. Exactly. But what I don't understand is how the police and the caseworkers, when they would do the visits, they don't even go speak to the child himself or just, like, get a visual of him. Like, you don't have to speak to him. Just go, look, Is does his body look fine? Mm-hmm. This is where the visual comes in, right? There's a... Anybody... Everybody's been working from home not for the past year and some change, right? Right. We've all sat at a desk. Now, imagine a desk with a little cubby in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A two-door cubby. That open side to side, and you could slide, and you could happily hide and the kids could play hide and seek in there. That's where they hid him. Mm-hmm. When social workers would come in, or police would come, they would hide him and they put a freaking bandana in his in and his they mouth. They put a little lock on there. Yeah. Yep. They and put then shit in his mouth. Um, handcuff his ankles so he does not move. Right. And lock him inside that little cubby, and they could lock him in there for hours and hours. And the sister, mm-hmm. she would try to sneak in there and try to give him snacks. And if she tries, she would get in trouble. You know, like imagine like being that that child for one second. You know, just for one second. I'm not asking you for the the duration of the time he had to be on it. Just for one second. Yeah. Like I'm claustrophobic. You put me in that thing. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that imagine being in there and there's a little slit through and you can just see everyone like going about their day and no one's helping you. Right. They know you're in there. They know you probably haven't eaten. You probably haven't showered. You're you're pissing and going to the bathroom on yourself. Your lungs are hurting because your ribs are broken. Like, and at the end of the day, this is a seven, eight-year-old child. This yeah, it's isn't hard a grown-up. It's hard to process that shit, right? Yeah. Because the thing, like, I mean, he probably doesn't remember his time living with his great uncle, but at least with the grandparents, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't living in these type of conditions, and so that that's got to be tough. It's like you know, you're you're moving from place to place to place, and you're like, oh, well, this is like my biological mother now, and this should be, you know, where I'm should be loved the most or kind of treated such and such way. And, and they just treated him like an experiment. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think they just were, you know, just doing shit to see how much he could take. And, you know, obviously on May 22nd, he couldn't take any more. Um, but it, it just, when you read some of the accounts of what they did and all the accounts of, of different things that they did, it just really felt like they just treated him like an experiment and he wasn't yeah. a person to them. The thing that most fucked up to me about it was the fact that six days before his, his death, well, before it did, the, tr- the traumatic experience happened to him because he had to be pulled off of life support, right? Because right. he was brain dead. There was nothing they could do. His grandma pulled him off life support. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing that was most fucked up to me was that that kid was like, he was so loving, so caring on my, for Mother's Day. He made his mom coupons. He made her, like, he made her a card. He gave her a coupon that says, I will be good. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the coupons, right? And he took a couple pictures. If you look at those pictures, you see all those bruises, healing bruises. His cornea is all fucked up. His top of his, he's bald, like, everything like it. And he's still smiling and trying to give you the best of himself. Yeah. And yet, six days later, you beat him to, to such a pulp. A grown-ass man. Beat that kid to such Not a even pulp. his dad. Right. Yeah. Beat you him let to a such stranger a pulp. touch your child in that manner. 
And what's the, and something that's also sad is like you would think, okay, he has all these scars and burns and things like that. No one in the family noticed. No, they did know. They did nothing really about it. The grandparents knew, didn't really do anything. All they would do, to my knowledge, is send sometimes over to the house a cousin to sleep with them in the house and kind of just monitor. But that wasn't an everyday thing. So it's just sad that they knew and they didn't even take him from the mom. And I think that kind of ties back into what you said earlier with like the machismo of the grandfather, Mm -hmm. right? For not thinking it was okay for the same-sex marriage. I think sometimes in like Latina households, this was a bit excessive, but like uh i don't want to say domestic abuse but like you know like it's normal and it's common for like parents to hit their kids right and i think that's their business like you don't see uncles and aunts talking about to that person's parent Mm -hmm. and be like hey like you shouldn't be hitting them that it's it's almost like you're crossing like this imaginary line and if you crossed it and said something about how you discipline your own child like that would be huge like that's a big no-no in the mexican like family structure so i think you know i understand why like they didn't do anything in the moment, but I'm sure like they're all regretting it now. Like they all wish they would have done more and mm-hmm. maybe called CPS or called the police department, something, you know? <laughs> CPS was called so many times. Yeah. 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 The teacher called CPS so many times to the point where she wanted to do her own investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the principal, what did the principal say? Nah, we don't get involved in that. We don't investigate. That's not our job. Bro, that is your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In so many ways. No, me and Noah, we could tell you from straight, anytime like one of our kids that we work with, come up and says anything in any regard to us it doesn't matter if we feel like it needs to be reported we'll investigate hey so how did this happen what happened so then when we do call cps we could give them full you know information as what they told us right even if nine times out of ten they tell you it's nothing right but you make that call right so that way you know you're protected mm-hmm. and that child is getting the help that they need i had one child tell me hey my mom hit me well, well, I, oh, that's all she said, right? Yeah. Mexican household. I know her mom. Mm-hmm. Well, do I think her mom met her harm? No, but she had a bruise. Because she had a bruise, mm. I had to report it. Yeah. I reported it. They went and they did her research. She's still living at home. Okay. Yeah. You know? But it was just like, better safe than sorry. Of course. You never know what's yeah. going on inside that household. Yeah. Everything may be peachy on the outside when they see you, but at home, it's completely different. Right. Yeah. So, I feel like... You know, there were so many opportunities, and I mean so many opportunities to save that young kid's life. Oh, yeah. So many. And they were all, like, they were all missed. Missed with, like, it's almost like it just went over your head like this. Mm-hmm. Like that plane that flew right over your head. And you but it was, like, blatant yeah. Yeah. disregard. Not an, oh, we didn't know. Like, no, you knew. Mm-hmm. You just didn't want to do your job. Right. Which is sad. It's lazy. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, too. I mean those type of jobs like your job is to serve others you know and if if you're gonna be lazy about it or you're just gonna try and cut corners like why do it yeah it's like yeah find something else to do especially in this this department just for kids yeah you don't care for kids well-being why are you even at the position yeah go work at you know retails or something you can cut corners there don't be cutting corners people's lives yeah right no sad it is sad and it was it's just messed up because like that kid he was a genuine heart yeah he really was like if you saw if you see pictures of him he's always smiling he's hurt he's smiling yeah it may hurt him to smile but he's smiling his teeth are missing he's smiling black eye smiling mm-hmm. and his teachers always described him as having a good upbeat attitude at school mm-hmm. you know he's always very uplifting encouraging to other students 
So he was a straight A kid. Yeah. I feel like um, their the caseworkers' punishment though wasn't enough in my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel. All they did was pretty much lose their jobs. Yeah. I feel like they should have served some time because they neglected a child's safety mm-hmm. that was multiple times reported. So I feel like. I'm glad they, you know, put spotlight on the caseworkers because I guess that's not a normal thing. They don't usually get prosecuted or anything like that. Mm. So I'm glad that they brought attention to it, but I feel like they could have done something more severe because I feel like this situation is really serious and it shows the neglect that they had for a child's life. Mm. They just didn't care. So they had a maximum sentence, I believe it was 10 years, that they could have gotten. I feel like they should have gotten something. And not just lose their job. Yeah. Because someone lost their life. A kid lost their life because mm-hmm. of your neglect. And the sheriffs too, I believe. Yeah. Like a lot Anybody of them, involved. They yes. none of them got fired. The sheriffs, they were like get got a slap on the wrist. They were like, of Yeah, course. you're good to go. But it was around the time too, like the 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 sheriff, the head of the sheriff's department, he was being un, being investigated by the FBI. Oh, right. Shit. For like, because, you know, like, when you're a rookie sheriff, they put you in the jail system, yeah. right? They put you as a, a guard in, in a, a county jail or whatever, so you could get your feet wet and then go into the streets and stuff like that. That's how sheriffs work. Yeah. Right? So, a lot of guard, a lot of, a lot of the inmates were getting beat up, mistreated, abused, like, beaten to, to a pulse as well. So, there was a whole investigation to, and then... Two detectives from the sheriff's department showed up at the head of the FBI agent who was investigating them at her house. Showed up at her house. That's an intimidating, intimidating t- tactic right here, right? So you could tell like him, he was corrupted. He was fucked up in the head. There was yeah. something going on there. Yeah. So when the sheriffs, with the the people would say, "Oh yeah, we went to the house. Did you talk to anybody? No, we knocked, but nobody was there." Is there any evidence that they did that? No, because they could have just pulled up to the house, sat in front of it, and then left. Yeah, exactly. Because then they know they could track their location. All they have to just do is pull up. Right. Exactly. All they gotta do is pull up and say, "I did it." Nobody answered, and I went back, and then it was the end of my shift. Yeah. But imagine if that was your kid. Now you're a sheriff. The part you're a sheriff. Imagine that's your kid going through that, or your cousin, your your nephew, whatever, going mm-hmm. through that. You'll do whatever you can to help that kid, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't you do it for somebody else? That's your job. Your job yeah. is to protect and serve. You signed up for the job. Right. Totally. You're not protecting shit. At all. At all. Sorry, I'm not going to let my anger speak for me. Go ahead, Noah. No, you're good. It's <laughs> just... I think the biggest thing, whether it's this episode or any other episode that we talk about, too, is like, put yourself in other people's shoes. And right. a lot of the stuff could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. But to continue on with the story, so after, going back to May 22nd, 2013... Obviously, that was the day that Pearl called 911. Very next day, her and Tony were arrested for a child endangerment and attempted murder. And then the next day, May 24th, Gabriel was pronounced dead. The autopsy said that it was blunt force trauma to the head, which uh, ultimately, you know, killed him. But he was also malnourished, too. So that would have been a, a another, uh, you call it like a half cause of death, right? Another charge, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another charge. And so then when you go back into like the court hearings and everything like that afterwards that proceeded... Um, you know, the trial for Tony Aguirre, he started in December 11, 2017, and um, he basically, he was convicted, or he was given the death penalty. Right. Right. In his trial, he was convicted of attempted murder. And then Pearl Fernandez, she pled guilty in a plea deal on February 15th, 2018, so the next year. She did that to avoid the death penalty, but she was charged with life imprisonment life without yeah. ever uh, the chance of getting parole. Yeah. So that's what the two parents 
God. Yeah, the thing that, that that was messed up about her thing, like she took the the easy way out. She did, my yeah. opinion. I but also, in her, I don't want to say confession, but her the letter that she wrote that she wanted to speak to the public. A lot of times, when like when you hear about the Jeffrey Dahmer's of the world, and when they apologize, they say something. They're like, "Yeah, I'm sorry for the the the, the hurt that I caused everybody." Blah blah blah, yada yada. Like it may not be sincere, but they say it right yeah. for her. She, she said, I'm sorry, I hurt my family, but I hope my kids have the good sense to come to me. Her words, not mine. Yeah. Like, she's still in that state of mind that those are my kids. Yeah. You're not going to tell me. My kids are going to come to me no matter what you say. Yeah. You could tell them I did this, I did that, but they're my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in retrospect, she probably scared the shit out of them, too. Hi. So they probably would have gone to her if they didn't, the foster system didn't take them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it's I worth agree. it's worth mentioning too. I don't know if we mentioned it, but she was a big like drug user too. Yeah. She used meth and then like towards the end when she was on trial and everything too, she tested positive for oxycodone and Norco. Oh, so like shit. those are some powerful, you know, um, what do you call those? Uh, the, what? The pills in general. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna skip past that. Yeah, exactly. But she was just a big, you know, she was she was addicted to a lot of different things too, so that played a factor into her. Chemistry, Nar- how she narcos. carried himself. Narcos. 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 Yeah, narcos. Narcos. Like, not narcotics. Narcotics. Narcos. Narco, like it's a drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like a pill. They're cousins. Okay. <laughs> and it's also a city. The city narco. Yeah. I think it's crazy, though, like, what caused, well, what they say caused um, Tony to snap was apparently Gabriel was confiding in his mom, like, oh, why are you with him? Like, yes. he treats me bad. He treats you bad. Like, if you leave him, I promise to be good. Yeah. And I guess the mom went and told Tony for whatever reason. And he confronted Gabriel. And Gabriel told him he didn't say that. And I guess that made him snap. And they tried to make that the defense that it was like a blind rage. And he didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, to be easy on him with his sentence. But I feel like that's bullshit just based off his previous injuries that were already on his body prior to the blow to the head. Right. So, I'm gonna ask you guys. You don't a just question. get a BB gun bullet bullet to yeah. different places of your body in one heated rage. You don't get fractured ribs multiple times. Yeah, you know, from a one-time thing. That's clearly months of neglect and abuse. You guys know what his rage level was from one to ten? What? A twenty. A twenty. Oh yeah, he did say his that. his rage level from one to ten. 20. He said that. He said it at his mouth. Twenty. Like, what the fuck? What could a kid say to you to get you that mad? Exactly. It's not like it's a grown man or yeah. like even a woman talking back or some shit. It's a kid. It's a kid. Mm-hmm. Kids talk shit. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, what, wait, they that's what they but do. But, you know, we, I don't know if there's ever proof that Tony did the drugs, but I mean, I'm assuming if Pearl did it and it he was in the household, yeah. you know, when you're on those kind of substances, your anger gets really out of hand and you have like no control. Yeah. yeah. You know? Exactly. But to me, that was intense, like at a 20, like. Oh, there's nothing I, I mean like I said I work with kids there's nothing a kid could ever say to me to get yeah. me to that level no. get me out of two maybe no, yeah <laughs> maybe a five on a good day yeah I say like maybe six but like that's yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 you get. Jesus what did they say like anything that comes out in my opinion out of a kid's mouth is not serious right because they're kids they don't know say. what the fuck they're saying who are yeah. you to tell me anything you know I don't care about your opinion you're a child so there's nothing that they could say to me that's gonna make me go blood red and choke them out or yeah. And it, it was stated too that um, because 
Gabriel loved his uncle so much, his great uncle that raised him. Yes. They called him gay for that, right? Yeah. So they yeah. beat, they were like they would beat him up that for that. That was pretty much that's the why, sense of why they abused him because they thought he was gay. And that's why I threw it in the beginning because like I thought that kind of played into a factor is like Tony was maybe suspect of like, oh like they he was brought up in a gay household, like he might be gay. So again, going back to the Latino family, like that's another thing they frowned upon. It's like mm-hmm. we don't want him to be gay, so you know, we're Let's gonna beat, beat the, the gay out of them. Yeah, beat him out that's, of them, exactly. That's yeah. fucked up on so many levels. Very but, fucked up. Hell yeah. But again, different times. Mm-hmm. Different times. They grew up in different times, so that's how they see it. Yeah. I mean, it's not okay to this day. It wasn't. It wasn't okay back then. But then again, you mm-hmm. can't walk in that person's household and say, tell them what to do and how to raise their kid. Right. You know, then there's their kid. But that's why we have systems in place. Right. To help those kids that can't speak for themselves that don't have the voice even if they do speak they can't really like say it loud enough for example like that security guard Mm -hmm. at the welfare place Mm -hmm. he said when Gabriel walked in he could the security guard could see all the bruises on his face right and then Gabriel goes like this pulls down his uh, sleeve and Mm -hmm. shows his arm and shows the bruises but security guard did not want to fuck with the mom did not want to fuck with Pearl because he said Pearl looked like that chola Mm-hmm. Yeah, that badass chola that you don't want to fuck with because if you catch her on the street, she'll shank you and won't even blink about it. Yeah, no, if you see pictures of her, she looks She's really scary like scary looking. Yeah, she looks She's really rough. drawn out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, she you know what I mean? Yeah, her her eyes say death. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't mess with me. And her lack of eyebrows say a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah, I wasn't sorry. gonna go there. But <laughs> yeah, since I you had did, to. I'm, like, I'm had to. I'm sorry. I mean, it's true. The, the thinner the eyebrow, the downer the hyena. Again, guys, <laughs> stupid. All right, again, guys, we we'd use yeah. humor as our way of coping because again, this is such a heavy topic. Like, I sat down, and I was in tears a minute ago, so it's heavy. Like a little laughter sometimes help release that tension, right? Yeah, oh yeah. You know, but yeah, her eyebrows are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, her, her there was there was one cousin that came up. She said that um she was underage. She couldn't do nothing. Yeah. She wanted to help so much. And she, that's what sucks. Like when just because you're young shouldn't make your word any less valuable. If I was 16 and I went to the cops and I'm like my cousin's being abused, why wouldn't they believe me? Right. Just cuz I'm 16. But then again though, Gabriel told a cop, they pulled him to the side. Yeah, that's and he true. told a cop what was happening to him and, the, and then the mom said, "Nah, he's lying." Mm-hmm. And then what the cop do say, "If you keep lying, I'm gonna put you behind the car and I'm gonna take you with me and I'm gonna lock you up." Right. That would have been better. I would have been like, take me. Yeah, fuck it. Motherfucker, Let's hey, go. I'm lying. Yeah, yeah, my mom did not beat me. Yeah, I I, I stole $5 out of her purse. Take my right, ass. Let's go. Me. Yeah, yeah. Like, but that wasn't an option for him. And I feel like this the the theme that we were seeing in this week and the last week, too, with Kanika Jenkins was like, you know, the phone dispatcher with Kanika and her mom, right? Like, he wasn't as urgent as he could have been. And that could have prevented, ultimately, like, the, the way she died and the way right. she was found, too. In this case, there was multiple different instances where there was a sheriff or different police officers mm-hmm. and the CPS who interacted uh, with Gabriel and his family and, you know, ultimately didn't do anything. But there was, you know, again, it's like just that, like that urgency and like sometimes just putting yourself in other people's shoes, especially when you work in jobs like that, because at the end of the day, like you're in charge. Like you said, we're mandated reporters, you know, mm-hmm. and those people are the reporters and they have to like, that's your job. Like, right. Take care of this shit right then and there, you know. But yeah. there, there's a, it's, it's weird though, like a week after Tony and Pearl got sentenced, another kid died from the same fucking thing. His name was Anthony, right? Because 
He he came out. He was a ten year old kid. He came out as gay. He said, "I'm gay," and the mom same same scenario. Mom mom and boyfriend boyfriend's tatted up to his teeth. Mm-hmm. When I said to his teeth, like you his like tatted, yeah. and big dude, another big dude, six something, beat beat the gay out of him. Goddamn, beat the crap out of that kid. There was another kid named Noah, at six five or six years old. Dad killed him. Because like it, it, it's just and but the one that happened a week after it was the same CPS people, mm-hmm. same fucking CPS people that was being reported to mm-hmm. that didn't do nothing to help that saint that kid that was years later yeah years later after Gabriel died mm-hmm. that I just think- makes you think like how many other kids we don't know about right because mm-hmm. I feel like Gabriel just got a lot of press because for some reason he got to the media. But I feel like this has been going on in this system for a long time, mm-hmm. and it just got exposed. That's just my opinion. Well, statistics it, show eighty point three percent of kids are killed by their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout that that the same scenario. Right. Eighty point three. That's a high number. It's and I think high. the the Netflix docu series does a good job of kind of highlighting the faults in the like system mm-hmm. and like their faults there and. You know, that was just, like, one county, Los Angeles County, and it's a big fucking county. I think mm-hmm. we've talked Huge. about it, too, like, in other episodes where it's, like, it's hard to have, like, so many eyes on people, you know what I mean? And you don't know, like, who's good, who's fit to be a parent, who's not, and then, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, some people could be fit, like, for 10 years of their life, and then all of a sudden hit drugs, and now they're going down a different spiral. And exactly. So it's, it's kind of crazy, but it's, it's hard to keep track of people, like, when you're in such an urbanized area. And then if you think about it, too, like, I'm sure Palmdale's, like, I didn't even know Palmdale was in L.A. County until, like, I was doing research for this. I thought Palmdale was, like, Ventura County or something mm-hmm. different because it's so far out there. Right, but it's, like, right, it's south of one highway. Yeah. So that it falls into yeah. L.A. County. I did not know that either. Yeah, so I think, but it's, like, I'm sure they're thinking, too, like, oh, Palmdale, Lancaster, like, no, we don't care about that. Yeah. You know, like, there's a bunch of other cities, like, where, you know, we could, there's a lot of people in L.A., there's a lot of people in Compton, Inglewood, Covina, like, all those places, and it's, like, how much attention are we to put to Palmdale because it's way out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's not a, I'm not saying that's an excuse or anything, but I'm sure they just need more bodies, you know, yeah. more people to work in those areas. One thing the ADA said that stuck with me, he was like, I am the system, right? He is part of the system in a way because he gets to make the decision whether to put people away or, yeah. or not, right? And he said, my job right now is to find justice where justice wasn't found for this kid. Yeah. And man, he has what two two kids of his own, and he's he's literally out there like putting his like That's grinding. Good. He's grind. He was grinding to to make sure he got that guilty plea and the death penalty. As he should, you know. What I mean? Yeah, you know? but a lot of people wouldn't care. Yeah, you know how many of them would have just said, "All right, let's let's see if we get you a plea deal, sign that uh, for negligence." If you get negligence, you're literally doing five to ten years. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you get murder. Or attempted murder, attempted murder plus negligence plus malnourishment plus abuse. You get all these charges piled up, man. That's that's done. You're done. Mm. Some ADAs would have just left that at that. They would have just left it at negligence, and you would have done five to ten years, just like the uh, CPS people were supposed to do, mm-hmm. and they didn't do it. But they would have just gotten five to ten years, and that's it. Yeah. But now it becomes not just a misdemeanor, it becomes a whole different challenge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now they had to fight for it, you know. But it, it, it's tough. This one is a tough pill to swallow for sure. Oh, yeah. It was very emotional, like, just trying to do research for this story and mm-hmm. everything, too. And 
He's eight, eight years old at the end of the day. You know, if that doesn't make you like tear up or feel some type of way, like I don't know. And I'm just picturing his body. His body is like purple and purple and red. Mm-hmm. Literally, as he's laying in that ventilator, mm-hmm. his body is purple and red. And if for some dumb reason, well, I, I say dumb because my mind works differently. For some dumb reason, I could still see that smile on his face as he's mm-hmm. lying on that ventilator. Mm-hmm. I see that. I see that little smile, and he's just like, "I'm good. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Let me be." Yeah, like I can see it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that little kid, man, he he fought and. And I was telling you guys earlier, like, it reminds me of this story. It's a true story. If you guys ever got a chance, when I was in middle school and high school, I read it. It's called A Child Called It. Mm. Listen to that. Read that. Whatever you, you do, whatever um, source you like to use. Yeah. But it's a good read. It's based on a true story. The author who wrote it, it's his personal story. Oh, shoot. It's his personal story. And he just... He just man, he speak. He, he literally deals with the same thing that uh, Gabriel had to deal with. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like he was the he he was the the dark sheep. Right. Of the family per se, right? Like yeah. his family, like literally, like he was loved at first, well loved by his mom, and then all it took was for one thing to flip in her brain, and she would beat him to a pulp. Yeah. She wouldn't feed him for days, and if he if they try to sneak him food, she would lock him in the basement, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Like listen to it, like it it, it, it will hurt your soul. I've listened to that story at least a hundred times, and yeah. I'm not even kidding. Wow. Yeah. You know that's crazy. So just 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 keep that in the back of your head, man. Like how many kids actually go through all this shit that we're talking about right now, and it takes a documentary to bring one to light right. for people to actually notice that thing, things like this it really is happening yeah, yeah it yeah. is it's real and I think I'll, I'll say this to kind of wrap it up is like whether you're a kid listening or your parent or you're just like a person everyone kind of has like we, we've talked about a few times like those mood swings right mm-hmm. and like sometimes we just all get really angry but like there never should be a, a time where you're so angry that you want to like inflict pain on another person yeah. You know, and I think like when you find yourself in those moments, like you, you just got to really like try your best and hardest to like, like just to like get yourself out of that situation, you know, pause and like mm-hmm. get away from anybody that you may like hurt or any like be aware of your surroundings. But it's um, I'm not saying it's easy to like obviously drop those feelings, but it's, you know, I, I think we're all kind of have those feelings sometimes from here and there, whatever gets us upset. But it's just about like understanding how to control them and, and better find better outlets to use so that we're not feeling that way all the time. Mm-hmm. Amen. Agreed. We don't want to be at the 20. Mm-hmm. No, no, hell no. At all. I rarely get over a six, like ever. Same. So, like, so Same. I mean, if you see me at a six, like something's wrong, you know? <laughs> I don't think lately I haven't gotten over a two, but that's just me. Two? Yeah. Yeah, oh man. my God. You're like Mr. Docile. <laughs> no, man. I just, <laughs> I, I'm just not letting people get to me. Zen yeah. master. You need That's to it. teach me. Zen master Mac. People be getting on my nerves. <laughs> be saging all the time. Hey. Sure. But um, with that being said, man, um, today's episode, man, was f- we were fed by uh, Brady's Tacos. Shout out to Fo- Brady's. Yeah, shout out. Follow mm. follow them on on Instagram, Twitter. They're on there, you know. They got the BDI ramen, right? And they got BDI yeah. ramen. And you told ta- me that today. I was like, what? That shit's max. And up. they're on like, Facebook. It's I- at B L A D. Y S tacos, Bladies, Bladies tacos, Bladies tacos, Bladies tacos. Check them out. Yo. Check them out. Yeah, um, 
Other than that, you know, we had a nice smooth Pinot, you know, for today's episode. Yeah, I'm because feeling it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that shit was in a can, but it hit. But it because hit. we needed it. We needed yes. something that hit with this episode. So with that being said, guys, know what you got for the folks. Man, just be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. And be sure to check out True 100 Radio, spelled T-R-U, the number one, 100radio.com for all your podcast needs. Yes, sir. I had a blast, like always, guys. We'll catch you in the next one. Yeah. And um, thank you, Anchor, for, you know, providing us a platform to do this. Oh, yeah. And with that being said, man, wash your hands, wash your ass, sanitize, wear a mask. Please. And mind your fucking business unless you see something that needs to be said. You Mm -hmm. see something, say something. Yes. Please. Deuces.